Hi, everyone. I wanted to remind you of a must read. This is a book that you have to have on your bookshelf. It is called The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer. He is able to help you make important decisions, give you some guidance on which path to take, and you get to learn how he tapped into the wisdom and power of the unseen worlds for guidance and inspiration. I had the opportunity to interview him, and he was a lovely guest on the Path 11 podcast, episode 343. Check it out. Listen to the podcast. Go buy the book. Again, it's The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer. To find out more information, go to his website, carlgreer.com. That's spelled C-A-R-L-G-R-E-E-R.com. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Path 11 podcast today. I am very excited about this podcast because it's a little a little bit different. I'm looking to change up um, kind of the flow of our podcast, and I'm really wanting to move more into conversationalists. So I happen to meet another fo- fellow podcaster, and I'm so excited to bring you another type of woo-woo spiritual podcast that hopefully you will follow as you're following Path 11 podcasts as well. And we are going to talk about uh, witches. We're going to talk about maybe physical illnesses and how they can manifest. We're going to talk about how my guest also got dubbed the name Princess of Darkness. (laughs) So she is just a really interesting person. We have a lot in common. She's also a filmmaker. But let me just tell you a little bit more about her before we get into our show. Queer empath witch. Ben Alakush is obsessed with discussing the magical and mystical with anyone and everyone. She has apprenticed with gurus, been mentored by shamans, and worked with dozens of healers, sages, and mystics. In a zigzaggy sort of way, these experiences led her to become the host of Follow the Woo podcast. So mark that down. That's the name of her, her podcast, Follow the Woo. I love the title of that. Each week, she interviews guests about witchcraft. Meditation, the paranormal and supernatural, alien and fey encounters, spirituality, gurus, shamanism, you name it. A lot of the topics we cover as well. Through stories, investigations, interviews, and more, Fen and her guests explore some of life's most unusual and fascinating questions and mysteries. Now, I'm also curious, and I'm going to ask her about this too. She's also currently working on two feature films. So one she wrote that shoots next summer in 2022. And the other she is co-producing with a small film cohort. So without further ado, Fen, welcome to the Path 11 podcast. Thank you. That was that was nice. I like how like concise it is. Very good. <laughs> yeah. So we actually, um, you know, met each other through this podcasting. I don't even know what it is. Website thing called Audrey. And I've had another fellow podcaster on. And I just have to say I'm loving it because I don't have to read a book, <laughs> even though I love reading books and the authors and the people that I have on. But I'm really like just find these types of conversations so refreshing because I really feel like I'm sitting down with a friend and we're just kind of shooting the shit and talking about this stuff, you know. So it's a little more free flowing of a format, which my listeners um, might begin to hear me start doing more often. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I um, I really had a chance to listen to your podcast this week and I love it because you cover some topics that we have, but very lightly and haven't really gone into. Like I listened to one about the star people, you know, and UFOs and things of that sort. And I listened to your podcast, how you were dubbed the princess of darkness. So we're going to get into that too. But um, So you're also a filmmaker, which is awesome. And so just tell my listeners a little bit about like, how do you go from filmmaking to podcasting and like what launched you into this woo-woo world? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, so many things. Well, I move. I've been working in the entertainment industry since like around 2015, and I started in music. So I was working with like large tours, you know, big pop stars, and um, then I moved into film, 
And I thought, well, I should probably, I lived in Pennsylvania at the time. And I thought, well, I should probably go to LA and experience LA. You know, I should do this. So I came out here about three and a half years ago. And I did, I worked with some filmmakers, but it was just this like wild ride. Like LA just, you know, of course then the pandemic happened. It just was not the best timing, kind of. Like, I think it was perfect timing, but I didn't tear, I didn't like it. I didn't like it because it was so messy and uncomfortable and I didn't have a job for a while and it was really hard to like weasel your way into Hollywood. It still is. And I kind of realized through that process that Hollywood is (laughs) kind of a mess. And I found a film mentor who was like, let me help you make your own films. And she's done it herself and won awards at Sundance and things like that. She's wonderful. And so I was like, all right, cool. Let's let's work together. Let's make this happen. And so I started working with her and then the pandemic happened. And I thought podcasts were stupid. Like I legitimately, I was like, why? Who cares what I have to say? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of deprecate, self-deprecating in a way. I was just like, what is this? It's like a glorified Twitter, you know, which I think Twitter is weird too. It's like, who cares if you're on the toilet? Like the fuck, you know? Like, oh, am I allowed to say that? Sure, of course you can. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so so um, my partner was like, you would be really good at podcasting. And everybody was kind of telling me to do this. And I was like, well, I don't want to pivot from film, but I do feel like I need to talk to people about the woo because that's the thing that I've always done. It's always been woo and storytelling, specifically through film. Hmm. So I was like, well, maybe this will be a way to kind of be a starting point and then I can branch off to film kind of like you guys what you're doing you know you have a video element as well right so I started it and it's just been this whirlwind I mean I just got like bitch slapped by you know all these paranormal things that started cropping up and amazing people and alien experts and it just sort of was like this faucet I just I was like oh let's see if this thing works and I turned it on it was like you know it just went nuts and it feels like this is what I was meant to do the whole time. But I just kind of, that's what I mean by the zigzaggy. Like I came here to do film and I ended up doing this. And it's like, I think it was teaching me that I need to do film related to this, that this is the kind, the, the somewhere in here, there's a nugget, there's some nuggets. Right. And those are what, those are the stories that I'm going to tell. Awesome. Now, are you allowed to say what the film that you're shooting in 2022 is about or is it is it woo related? Strangely enough, no, that one is not. Um, I am a queer lady. Um, I don't generally identify as a lady, but I just think it's kind of a funny thing to say. Um, And there's really no cute. There's not a lot, I'll say cute, just rom-com lesbian films mm-hmm. like there's like none I don't know if you're familiar but it's sad and, and if you want to find like a list ones it's even harder that you can you can basically count them on one hand so this one was a little is a little bit just like a fluff piece but there is some woo in it of course but mm-hmm. it's not I wouldn't call it a woo film that one is not being filmed in 2022 now it's got pushed to 2023 because oh, yeah because the pandemic is never ending. Ah. I know. I know. My gosh. I've been to L.A. once. And that was when we did a film premiere for the last film in our trilogy. And I just was like so saddened by that traffic out there. I don't know how you people do it. It was like we had a mile and a half from hotel to this other hotel. And I think it took us, no joke, like three hours. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, how is this? even possible like we're only a mile and a half away yeah I think we were definitely in like the worst of the worst rush hour but even still when we left to go somewhere else I mean we basically were confined to just where we could walk because we were thinking oh my god anywhere we're going to drive we have to plan on like four hours there and back it it was I was like no thank you LA I want my mountains and my towns that have one street light (laughs) and you know and not a whole lot of traffic so I give you a lot of credit for being out there the energy there was pretty wild for me it's wild and it's not where I'm supposed to be long term but I had to learn this lesson this way I kind of had to get 
Hollywood out of my system. And I think anybody who works in the industry who like wants to make their own content, at some point you have to get Hollywood out of your system or you have to penetrate Hollywood, you know, which is honestly a gargantuan task. You have to be exceptionally ambitious, especially as a woman. You as a woman, you have to be almost perfect, pretty much fucking perfect. Um, in everything that you do. And you have to be kind of a ball buster because you're always in rooms with like 25 men at least hmm. who are making decisions about what everybody watches, which is a whole nother podcast. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, maybe we'll have you on to talk about that too. But, <laughs> um, so I know you were kind of um, paused a little bit in some of your podcasting because you do a lot of your podcasting too on Patreon, right? People can become a patron and so a couple of the podcasts that I had listened to, you were kind of apologizing, saying, hey, sorry, guys, I didn't post. I'm just getting done with a back surgery. And um, so was just, you know, curious to hear, one, how are you doing? Are you doing better? Um, and two, you know, I-, I have shared a little bit with my audience that I've had some like weird physical ailments show up in January of this year. And um, I've been to a couple of different specialists and a couple of different doctors And everything's, for the most part, is coming back normal. Like nobody can really figure anything out. And uh, I had shared with you, because I know that I'm probably going to be on your podcast as well, um, about the story of my mom, how she, you know, passed away in October. So I do feel that there is most likely a grief component, you know, where some of my symptoms tend to be all lungs. And, you know, in Eastern medicine, they say we hold the grief in our lungs. So I'm totally for that. Um, But then, you know, there's this other part of me that's trying to work out, well, you know, how do I release this emotion and how do I get it out fully so that maybe I I can restore my physical health back to where it was. But then at the same time, there's this part of me that's also trying to honor Western medicine and science and saying like, I don't know, is this really grief related or is it just kind of like getting older? You know, it's like Mm -hmm. I'm going to be almost 45. So it's kind of like, okay, maybe there is just some deterioration that happens as you get older and you have to like pay better attention to your body. So I was just curious to talk to somebody else, just knowing that you're really open with your fans, too, and kind of letting them know what you're going through. If you had any thoughts on your own physical well-being and kind of what was going on with your back and if you're ever trying to tie into stuff that's going on with your physical body, with the emotional self and life experiences, or even maybe paranormal experiences, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, in reading and listening to some of your podcasts, you know, there could be entity attachments, there could be ghosts that are visiting. And is there really an unseen force in some medical cases that can't be explained by Western medicine that really could be more on the woo end? So how are you feeling? And uh, and what exactly was going on with your spine? Oh, um, OK, I'm feeling OK. Uh, it is a very long recovery from this kind of surgery. It's it was a Tarlov cyst, which is a very rare kind of cyst. It was huge and it was sitting on my sacral shop chakra like it was right on the chakra. Mm. And um, so we'll come back to that as far as the woo. Sure. Um, it's been a ride. I mean, yeah, it's, it was a very complicated surgery. There's only three surgeons in the country who know how to perform the surgery. I was lucky enough that one of them was in my state of California. Um, but I still had to travel and I was in the hospital for six days and I have not had surgeries before. Well, I had sinus surgery, but other than that, I haven't had you know, I, I haven't done anything like that. And I'm really sensitive to medication. And they put me on like 12 medications in the hospital. And I was just like a freaking zombie. And unfortunately, if I felt the pain of that surgery, I would, it, it, I might have been, I'm, of course, you can't feel it. It's so intense. So they have to put you on meds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you, you're at that point, you just do whatever they tell you to do. You're kind of like this blob and <laughs> they just like pump you full of things. But I think it's a really long process and going through all the medication has been just a shit show because you have to wean off of each one little by little, which opiates, of course, which <laughs> that's a mess. And then, you know, nerve medication, all that stuff is like antidepressant, too. You know, mm-hmm. so you've got to, it's messing with your mind as well. And so you, my partner, God bless my partner. She, 
she has put up with this like roller coaster ride of of a being and i'm starting to even out now but it it really has been quite a ride now as far as as far as like the western medicine versus eastern and you know what's causing the symptoms i do think that I don't know. I don't know where to begin on this. I do think that the the cyst was blocking something for me in a protective way. And I had the surgery, started the podcast, all of that started like within a few month period. And it just triggered this incredible paranormal, witchy, woo kind of I've been calling it a ritual. Like I'm essentially in a ritual now. And uh, and I mean that on like a, a bigger scale, not like, oh, I was, you know, lighting the incense and doing the like ohm chanting. I mean, like I'm living in a ritual. Like I'm, these are the phases of initiation. And one of the first steps was to do this, to start this podcast. And then another step was to remove that thing that was in the way of my sacral chakra, which is all about creativity. That's the creative center, right? Right. That's where you get to essentially marry your power with creativity. And that's, you know, that can be scary, right? Because we're so afraid of our own power. I think women are especially in Western culture. Um, so I do think there is an, an element that my body was trying to protect me, but it was like, you know, it's like the mind doesn't know the difference. It just wants to keep equilibrium. And so it's like, well, this, but that wasn't serving me anymore. So it, it had to go. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think there's some energy that I was probably holding on to that definitely, um, and that I was kind of storing in there. And actually before the surgery, like about maybe like eight weeks, I started to have weekly conversations with the cyst. Mm. I would go in my car and I would be like, hey, listen, I know you've been comfortable back there. You've been there for a long ass time. I don't even know how long, at least a decade. And I need you to leave. But I think this will be good for both of us. And I sort of created a spiritual practice out of that. And that. yeah, started talking with it and preparing it so that it didn't feel like it had to immediately come back or, mm -hmm. you know, that it felt like it kind of had like a bon voyage, you know, enjoy your next manifestation because your energy too, and you're not going to die. I don't know what you're going to do. Maybe you'll be assisting somebody else's back. I don't know. But, you know, kind of getting my mind and my body to loosen up to, to release that. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a ride. Yeah, I know. I really love that approach too. And, you know, I've seen other people take that approach instead of using the words fight, you know, or like a lot of people say, we're going to beat this cancer. We're going to fight this cancer. You know, I've read some other things um, and have talked to other people that really took more of that approach, right? That were actually talking to their cancer, or like you talking to your cyst and really developing a relationship with it. And so you can kind of commune with it in more love and acceptance rather than anger and fear you know, because the fear is what gets us. And you talk a lot about that in your podcast, especially in the fun one, uh, you know, the message, how you were dubbed uh, the princess of darkness. So, yeah. And, you know, the other thing that I think is interesting, and I'm not sure if you're finding this with some of your guests, but especially with a lot of the people that I have interviewed that have had near-death experiences, you know, some of the people in the spiritual community go through some sort of real big life transformation with their health. You know, I mean, some of them to the point of death and then they come back, you know, or other people getting, you know, like these illnesses, but then there's this rebirth that happens, you know, afterwards. So I think it's really interesting. It gives me something to think about too, you know, with the whole initiation or that you're kind of in a ceremony and you're in a process right now. Um, and that kind of leads us into what's going on with your studies in witchcraft and kind of, you know, becoming a witch. So what got you interested specifically in that? Well, I've always been interested in witches and witchcraft since I was a kid. Um, I came by the woo really honest. And 
for your listeners, I use the woo as like an umbrella term. It's sort of a reclamation of that word because it's it's derogatory in nature, like the woo woo. Um, but I'm that means everything. That means you know everything from the UFOs to you know Reiki. Like it's that whole spectrum. Sure. Um, so I came by it honest because my mom was essentially going through her own ceremonial ritual um, when I was a baby. And so she took my little baby self with her witchy ass friend and took me on this incredible journey across around the country. And they did all kinds of weird shit, you know, like (laughs) I don't even know all the stories she won't tell me. But. um, So I feel like it was planted in me at such a young age. I mean, they were doing all kinds of literal rituals, you know, like, like we're sitting down and doing this and then they were doing weird meditations and going into remote places in nature and meeting different people and having out-of-body experiences and all kinds of stuff. And I was there for that whole ride. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really, it started really young for me. And I had a young mom too. So my mom was going through like all of this development as a teenager when I was like a baby And, you know, we had kind of like the Gilmore Girls thing. We were kind of like friends at some points, which for better or worse, you know, sometimes that's complicated. So I've one of the things that my mom taught me early on, as early back as I can remember, is that magic is real. And that it's in the mundane. It's here everywhere. And you just have to kind of like look to the left or look to the right, you know, and 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 open your eyes to see it and you have to calibrate yourself to be able to experience that um so the the my interest in magic and witchcraft and all that was was always there but I kind of bopped around because my mom raised me to follow my curiosity always so you know when I was a kid I was a Christian and then I was, I was everything. Like every religion you can think of, I was like, this is what I am this week. And I would devour these books and just think, okay, this sounds really cool. And then I'd maybe go to a church and then I'd be like, I don't like this. Or maybe I would, you know, it depended. Uh, some of the born again Christian stuff didn't, didn't really work for me after a while. But most of the other ones were really, you know, it's all really fascinating. And so that brought me to... um I guess it started with doing some practices that were very yogic in nature. I think that's when I really started to like hone my power was with, uh, or not hone, but that's when I started to generate and like, I guess, give it momentum because we all have it, but it's, it's usually dormant, I think. And I studied with a guru in India and I studied with shamans and all kinds of everybody, anybody I could to try to find answers to everything. And eventually it landed me in this order. Uh, You know, an order is more than 13. A coven is 13. And so it was an order of witches. And I was like, let's do it. You know, it was a teaching order. So they, they were super strict about, you know, we have to follow all these guidelines. And so I just started that process and I was in that for over a year, pretty strict, like I said, um, working with elders which was awesome mm-hmm. and I think a lot of solo practitioners w- which that identify as witches are always looking for elders and it's it I was super lucky to have some and still have access to them mm-hmm. well what's interesting too it's almost like you came full circle right you know being young exposed to what was going on with your mom you try on all these other different religions and then you wind up back in this And, you know, I think I was talking to another witch on the podcast and I didn't even realize that about the order is it's 13 or more or a coven. Coven is 13 people. A coven is usually 13 people. But, you know, I mean, people mess around with it now, but generally that's how many. Yeah. Okay, so I've always been drawn to the number 13 and I swear it was probably witch in a past life. Right. I mean, we're most of us. Um, And my grandmother. I went, so I played three sports in high school and college and my number was always 13. And I remember I came home with the jersey and my grandfather had died on Friday the 13th. My grandmother was very Italian, um, superstitious woman. 
And I brought that jersey home and she said, you will bring that jersey back. And I was a feisty little teenager. And I was like, (laughs) oh, no, I'm not. This is going to be a lucky number for me. You know, but she was adamant. She said, you're going to break a bone in that. That is an unlucky number. Your grandfather died on the 13th. Take that jersey back. And I absolutely refused. But um, I remember when I first heard that about the witches and um, I had some really awesome visions at um, a ritual retreat that I was doing. It was more out of the West African Jagara tradition. Um, We were doing a mineral ceremony and remembering our old stories. And I had like a really crazy vision about uh, the hanging of what was happening with all of us as being witches and whatever the case may be. But then when I heard that with this other guest, I was like, ooh, I wonder if that's why I'm drawn to the number 13 too. A little bit of a, you know, past life connection with with the number of that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have a, an affinity with any sort of numbers? I know this is kind of like digressing into some numerology and stuff like that, but are there any numbers that you particularly like love or always are showing up in your life or a pattern of numbers? Yes, definitely. And I got chills when you told me about your past life. I And that's always, forearm chills are always like a, I think for me, that's like, it's a truth. Mm-hmm. I feel it right on my forearms. Yeah. It's a weird thing that I've just like kind of learned over time. Like, that's really interesting. Um, numbers 11, 11, 1, 1, 1. I see it every day, all the time. Um, this is kind of silly because it's a little cliche, but at 777 has always been a special combination for me. Mm-hmm. I just roll with it. I know it's a weird one, um, but 13 also, yeah, is definitely, it's a special number. And I think it's, we made it unlucky, like through all of this like conditioning about essentially not respecting magic workers who were not a threat, you know, as you know. So I, I really don't think that there's anything intrinsically scary about that number. I think it's the opposite, actually. Yeah, good point. I had um, another person that I was working with and there was a little bit of a fear around the number six because she had watched the movie Seven, I think with Brad Pitt in it, and had learned <laughs> learned from that movie that 666 was the devil's number, you know, and that's that's always been kind of like coined for that. But you're right. It's kind of like, so what I did was I um, printed out the number six in different languages and I held it up to her and I said, what do you feel when you see this? She's like, I don't know. It makes me want to have Chinese food. You know, I like, uh, I think like Korean or, or in Chinese and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, well, what do you think about this symbol? And I found one of like all of these different languages that had different number symbols. And I was like, well, that's funny because this number six in the U.S., like of what you learn is like evil. I said, but guess what? All of these other symbols are the number six. And they didn't provoke anything within you. So that also shows like what we're told or, you know, made to believe just from, you know, even Hollywood, right? That, that's a Hollywood movie. <laughs> 100%. I mean, we love the the movie Hocus Pocus. I watch it every year, at least once. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it and you unpack that, that it's all about witches are bad. Witches are bad. Right. Exactly. And for the record, six is a sacred number uh, for witches specifically because it's two threes and three is the most sacred number because that's for a load of reasons. But three is, you know, for doing magic. That's like the perfect trifecta. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the uh, in Christianity, it's the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's that yeah. it's that triangle of power that you create. And if you've got double that, that's that's a positive Even thing. Better. Yeah, exactly. And for witches, if you're doing like a a traditional Wiccan path, especially in the teaching tradition, it it is it's tradition to do it for 366 days. Mm, So so there's three, six, six. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I I love to play with numbers too. I mean, as you know, we named our company Path 11 after the whole 1111 phenomenon that we didn't even know about. But once we were editing our films, that's all we were seeing. And then I found out um, somebody read my birth chart and, you know, you have to find out the time that you were born. And I was born at 111 PM. I was like, Oh, that's so cool now. I'm like, I love it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just love numbers. I love to talk about numbers. I drive my friends and fiance crazy because I, I add everything up. I'm like, Oh, what table number are we? Oh, look at this. The the hotel room adds up to this. I mean, I'm constantly adding numbers just to see. Um, all right. So princess of darkness. Now, 
what a fun podcast to listen to. You're a great storyteller, by the way. Thank you. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And you had your best friend, Dustin. It's kind of fun to have a co-host, I think, you know, it kind of adds to it. So I'm, I don't want to give a ton of it away because I really think that people should, you know, go to your podcast and listen to this. But there were parts of it I was laughing with you because you're kind of like on this spiritual journey because you were experiencing, um, I guess, an entity of sort, you know, that was kind of keeping you awake, an energy that was playing with you at night. And you kind of went down this path, which sounds similar to a path that I've gone on, you know, many times with healers. And then they're suggesting something. And then you go and you get the candle and you get the salt and you do all these rituals, right? So I was kind of laughing at all of these different scenarios that the healers that you were going to and the shamans and what they were suggesting. And you're just like, I'll try anything, you know, and I'll do anything. And then really kind of the moral of the story is there were a lot of kind of scary, fearful things that were happening. But part of the lesson was to turn towards that fear. And when you turn towards that fear, you realize that there wasn't a whole lot to be fearful of. Um, but the, also in this experience that you share on your podcast, it also sounds like it was a growing moment for you. And there was this period where you're like, should I even keep podcasting? Like, am I exposing myself because I'm talking to all these people, you know, these mediums who are connecting with dead people, these people who have had UFO sightings, you know, am I a portal? like your closet that you're in right now. (laughs) Have I created a portal in my own place where I live? And am I now exposing myself to some of these? um, And I don't know if you would necessarily call them darker entities or whatever the case may be. So um, without giving too much away, so people can go to your podcast to listen to it. um, What was kind of like your big takeaway with this this kind of entity that was visiting you and um, kind of showing up and nudging you, disrupting your sleep. Oh gosh, there are so many takeaways. I feel like I'm just going to keep coming back to this idea of the initiation and the ritual. I think it was just sort of like the beginning. Like I am now in a different phase of the initiation where it's it's still a ride. It's just like a different ride. But I wouldn't have been able to handle what I'm working on now, which is like some intense energy work that I've never been able to maintain or I guess scratch the surface of before. I wouldn't have been able to do that if I was like afraid of my own shadow, which at the beginning of this podcast, that entity scared the shit out of me. You know, I was really, I mean, I tried to joke about it and I'm a pretty jovial person. Like I, I love to be funny and fun and, but I, you know, it wasn't funny. I, like, I, I was like, am I going crazy? You know, because you question, and that's for the record, like something that I'm doing with the podcast. Like one of my, I guess, missions is to normalize these conversations because this shit happens to so many people. And right. like I would say almost everybody I've ever met, because I do this when I'm not even like le- legitimately podcasting, like right. when I'm at a, <laughs> the grocery store, I'm like, hey, happy, you know? Yeah. And everybody's got a story. Everybody has something weird or out of the norm that's, that's happened to them. So um, I think normalizing this conversation is really important. But that entity was, that entity was what? Um, Just sort of the impetus for that whole ride of getting to the princess of darkness, you know, like to realize that if you're going to go down this path, you have to do some shadow work. You have to recognize that there's both light and dark and that at the, when you get down to the like really nitty gritty, and this is hard to do on like an everyday basis, but there really isn't like dark is bad and light is good. You know, now I argue with myself about that a little bit. I do think that some, that, that light is sort of, uh, it sort of represents divinity. And I think we all come from divinity, like, like original, original is like all, all divine. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the way our planet works and perhaps the way the entire universe works is about polarity, because I believe that we're, it's all here for learning. And so if it's learning, we have to have contrast. That's right. how we learn. Mm-hmm. So I think the the message of that podcast and and what I was learning at that time was like, 
if you're going to do this, you got to be able to go into these dark corners and not, you know, pee your pants, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> you know, and yeah. you have to be like a leader in that position. As far as the portal, I had multiple people tell me intuitives, psychics, you know, all kinds of woo-woo people, even alien people who are like, oh, yeah, you're definitely creating a portal in your closet. And I was like, cool, you know, like, <laughs> what the fuck do I do with that? You know, like, how do you how do you deal with that? But I think that's the second part of the initiation that I'm in now, which is first, you have to learn how to that you can't be afraid of all of it. Second, for me in this path is that you have to learn how to ground yourself and you have to learn how to protect yourself. And you have to do it in a way that doesn't shut everything out, you know, because that's a lot of people who shield ground and shield. They just shield all the whole thing. And then they have, they don't have access to no anything. Access. Yeah. So yeah. it's figuring out how to ground shield in an appropriate way, in a way that's sort of like, I think of it as like martial arts, you know, you're kind of like, vroom, vroom. <laughs> it's like, it's coming into your space and you're picking up what you need from it, but you're not absorbing it mm -hmm. and so I think that's that's the spot now is that this this grounding and um being able to cleanse and cut cords when I'm done being in the like zoom portal right I closet you know and being able to say okay I know how that, and these are like basic stages I'd still say I'm absolutely a beginner in this like I'm learning how to be okay with new energy and then also like stabilize my own. Mm -hmm. Right. And that kind of reminds me and kind of leads to um, a lot of conversations that I've had with people about empathic personalities, right? It's like, how do you feel? Yet I love the words that you use, stabilize your own energy, even in the midst of other energies. That's not, it's easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that I love that made me laugh, because, you know, traditionally I'm a mental health therapist and I've done EMDR with clients. And when you're telling the story <laughs> that your therapist is doing EMDR with you and you're right, because what you experienced is like, it can bring you into that hypnotic state, but it was almost like you went into trance and were kind of like in another reality, having this experience. And I loved it when your therapist brought you out and she's like, are you okay? Well, that was a first for me because I'll <laughs> tell you, Ben, I have had, had experiences like that with clients, which really too, like shifted me from wanting to wear that clinical hat to move more into kind of doing more of the healing work because some, um, I've, I've been trained in hypnotherapy, clinical hypnotherapy as well. So inducing people and hearing people's stories and having weird experiences like that with clients where you're like, holy shit, they didn't teach me anything about this <laughs> in college. Like what this is this is not in the book? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could totally like feel the energy of your therapist, like, whoa, what just happened? And I thought the beauty in that too is that you're teaching her so much, right? Because that's also stretching her and stretching her belief systems probably from what she was taught, you know, in the clinical realm too, which I think is awesome. <laughs> it was yeah. very, very cool. And I would say that's not your traditional EMDR um, experience <laughs> to have. And I was thinking like, one of the questions I want to ask you was, as you tell the story, I mean, your podcast is almost an hour long with the story and it was so vivid with so much detail and so much information given to you from like these two buddies that you, Gertrude was one and I forget the name of Phineas, no, was it? Phineas. Phineas, yeah, Gertrude and Phineas that you ended up meeting. But even their messages sounded so, um, I was so much like other people that I've met that have dealt with higher levels of consciousness or even other aliens or some other spirit guides like of the message of love and stuff like that coming back. But I was like, my God, how long was she under? And do you remember how long the, se the session was with your therapist? It was, I believe, about an hour, maybe a yeah. little, give, a, give or take. Yeah. Because I mean, it felt like days. I mean, I know so <laughs> so much and experienced so much, and to come back with so much data from that, it's like that's not somebody's imagination. Like that was a real experience in my in my understanding of it, listening to it. But in another reality, I just felt like you were parallel processing. You know, you were here on Earth, but you also entered into another dimension 
and almost like a school, like they brought you to a fast track of school Mm -hmm. in another dimension in a waking state, I guess you could say. Which is a mind fuck, you know, like, (laughs) whoa. This is, it's weird because when I, even when you're talking about it again, it's like bringing it back for me. And it was, that's another part of the initiation, right? And I think it's one that's sort of reoccurring depending on how, like what level you go through is that when the more sensitive you get and the more stabilized you get, the more, the more accessible the other or the weird or the phenomena, whatever you want to call it is becomes for you. And the more that happens, the more you question your sanity and the more you're like, after shit like that, you're like, did like, did anybody like, is that, did that just happen? And but I think that that's that's an important part is that you have to start, like you said, you know, I'm stretching her mind. Like you have to start stretching it a little bit mm-hmm. and just opening up and being like, OK, as long as you stay grounded and you don't get pulled into another dimension full time, you can still accept that these things are happening and that they're possible. Absolutely. And that's an important thing for me to learn as the host of the podcast as well, so that when other people tell me their very vulnerable stories about what they've experienced, I'm not judging them. I'm not thinking like, oh, my God, this lady's full of shit. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, that's a real possibility. And I believe you. And my first inclination is to believe you. Yeah, I've, I take the same approach. I mean, I have at this point, like in my career, I have heard so many wild stories and, you know, I've been a part of you know, different groups of people that have had really interesting out-of-body experiences and near-death experiences that if people come to me and say, you're going to think I'm crazy, I'm going to say, no, I don't think you are because I have heard heard some stuff like try to top it. If you can top something that I've heard, you know, then that's really cool for me because it's, I love expanding my belief systems. And then this was like another thought that I was having as I was listening to that episode of, you know, the princess of darkness, like, our experiences are similar yet also very different. And so I was thinking to myself, well, is Fen kind of having these experiences because in her reality and in her thinking and in her practices, she is more going towards this road of, of being a witch and practicing witchcraft. So in that, if you're practicing witchcraft and if you have these spells and things that you're learning, then that might there might be a belief system there that there is that darkness that you need to use these for not just that, but, you know, because I've been practicing energy work and have been in my own spiritual awakening for about 23 years now. And I have yet to really experience anything scary. I mean, do I believe in ghosts and stuff like that or the paranormal? Like, like you said on your podcast, like so many people have experienced this, that ghosts are real, aliens are real. Yet I have never encountered anything that felt like the devil, that felt demonic. You know, you have people out there doing exorcisms and, and stuff like that. And, and I have kind of, maybe I do have a belief system around it, is that, um, you know, sometimes I feel in some of those lower energies or those dark entities that it's more of a collection of lower vibration of thought, either from humanity whether it's collective trauma, collective fear, um, collective anger, or something like that, that can manifest into its own energy. But, and I don't really have an answer to this, and I'm not expecting you to have one. I just, as I listened to your that podcast, I was like, wow, you know, and not that I want an experience like what you had, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, okay, I've been doing this for 23 years, and how come my reality in some of this work um, really feels that it's more based in that divinity and light. And I'm not opposed and have worked in my own ways of fear of something that feels like an entity per se, because I have worked with energies like that on people energetically, but I always found the entity in a sense to be more confused, curious, and not necessarily here to harm, but just kind of like attaches to other energies. Cause like with yours, like, oh, it might be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, let me wake her up a little bit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know. So I figured, let me just kind of talk about that a little bit with you because I, you know, I was just kind of saying, well, they say our thoughts create our reality. And, you know, if you're kind of practicing one thing and I'm not really practicing that, 
will you draw more experiences like through your portal of things that are going to feel scarier than what I might experience because that's not necessarily my reality or what I'm practicing? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think for uh, somebody, one of my guests just taught me tulpa, the concept of a tulpa, which is um, essentially what you just said. Like it's a it's a thought form that um, many people have thought all at once or over a period of time. And so it, it essentially over time, there's like a critical mass mm-hmm. and then it becomes a reality. You know, reality is complex, but it becomes a reality that people see like the slender man or like you know, certain shadow figures, things like that. Those are tulpas. Well, it's debatable. So a lot of people think they're tulpas and that it's something that people read a bunch or they dreamt about and then they talked about it on Reddit and then, you know, or whatever, like, or it's been around for for decades, even before the internet. And then over time, it, it turns into a thing. And And the essence of that being then is just, like you said, thought forms. It's just sort of some fear. Honestly, it's a lot of fear around this thing that's the other, whether that's a real entity or not is, um, I don't know if that's the question we should be asking, but I think it's what is interesting to me, at least, is that, well, it's complex because I think it's, there's two things happening here. One is that you might not have experienced this because you might not have experienced some of the darker things because of the particular path that you're on. And your contrast in your life might need to manifest in different ways. Whereas for whatever reason, my contrast right now is in this realm. And so that seems to be why I'm connecting with these sort of darker entities. I think part of that is so that I can be empathetic toward other people who are experiencing that. Mm -hmm. Because prior to starting this podcast, um, I was more on your path. You know, I was very much in the like d- divinity side. I I did have some very bizarre experiences um, when I was younger, but there were two remarkable experiences that um, were with the other, so to speak. But other than that, I wasn't really interested in anything dark. And so then this, this has been new for me as well. Mm-hmm. So there's that part that's happening. And then at the same time, um, there's... Well, we kind of touched on before, which is that I guess it's the, to- I'm, I'm trying to work this out because it is kind of, it's a complex issue, right? It's not an issue. It's just an interesting concept, I guess. But um, the Tulpa concept, you know, like that, that we're creating these thought forms, I guess there's something to be said about facing the fears whether we create them or not face on, you know, or head on. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I think that's just part of my path right now. You yeah. know, that I think just, and for whatever reason, it's just not part of your path right now. And it might never be. Right. Yeah. 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 And I've had a similar experience too, where it was something that could appear scary, but I also had a teacher that basically early on, you know, in my early twenties had said, exactly what you said in your podcast, move toward the fear. Don't, don't go around it, you know? And I've heard, you know, some other stories of other people that have gone out of body and had seen things, but they moved toward it. And then it turned into something that was absolutely lovely, like your Gertrude, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So again, is it possible that that early experience was able to shift enough where if something appears that way, that I also understand that it's not something to be feared, but the more that we move towards that fear, it's kind of like we can graduate a little bit in this realm to be exposed to other things that are a little outside the norm and not be fearful of it. Because, and I think, you know, the universe too might give us some fear tests. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you could have backed out of that EMDR session as soon as you saw Gertrude and was like, done, <laughs> deuces, <laughs> see ya, you know, but you didn't, you know, like you stuck with that. And towards the end of your story, you're able to see that there was a lot of beauty that came out of that. Um, so, you know, that could be possible too. Like, I don't really feel, feel, I'm not saying that you do either, but, um, I don't really carry this fear, even if there is something that appears to be of a darker nature or a lower vibrational force. Um, 
And also having a mental health background and being able to talk with people that might be perceiving that and also getting more into the depths of their emotion and their trauma um, has kind of lead me to to see some sort of correlation with that too. Mm -hmm. And that when we begin to heal that, it begins to heal the fear and then things aren't as scary, you know, overall. So yeah, yeah, just something I wanted to comment on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that another comment on that is that, um, you know, in the paranormal world, there's this really common concept, which is that if let's say you have a house and there's some construction done on it, often paranormal entities or energies or imprints crop up when you're doing that um, construction because you're moving shit around. Right now, I think on a globe, like in a global way, we are really kicking shit around, you know, Mm -hmm. all kinds of weird stuff is happening on the planet right now, mostly because we're jackasses as a species. (laughs) I, th- I mean, my personal opinion, um, but all of that is happening. And so I think there there are going to be there's there's just been su- in my experience from people I've interviewed, they just keep saying people are having more and more paranormal experiences and they're not necessarily all bad or dark right. or whatever. Right. But I just think the other is being kicked up because when you mess with Earth, you start to mess you're shaking things around. I think it actually triggers other dimensions to kind of be like, God, I've been trying to do my own thing, but you're such a hot mess that I can't ignore you. So, you know, that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. Some of the people that I've interviewed that, um, you know, work more with um, like the aliens from different universes and and stuff. Like they're always saying how horrible we are to earth (laughs) and that they're like trying to help us and like these stupid people down there, what are you doing? So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, You also put in one of the questions or talking points that I thought was interesting that I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into was um, you had said, oh, I could talk about why love and like can also be problematic. So what does that mean? And I wasn't sure what your take is on that. Yeah, this is a big topic of conversation right now, which is, you know, essentially the shadow work conversation that that's happening. Like, I don't know if you're on TikTok, but it's a big thing on TikTok right now. I'll use L.A. as a perfect example. So <laughs> there's a lot of love and light in L.A. And it's. Um, it is vapid and. Not all of it, but a lot of it. There's sort of like a a hub of vapid love and light. And I think the problem with it is that there's a lot of, just to bring it down to a simple example, like let's say you meet someone here and um, you're having a really hard, dark time. It doesn't have to do with entities at all. You're just having a hard, dark time. And your new friend, your new LA friend is so love and light. And you try to tell them about your dark time and they're like, oh, no, no, I can't have any of that vibration in my vortex because I'm just love and light only. Mm-hmm. That's problematic, right? Because first of all, you're ignoring so much. Um, and because you're ignoring so much, you're actually um, stunting your own growth mm-hmm. because you you got to clean out the cobwebs. You know, it can't be like it just can't be that love and light all the time. and. So I think that like micro example is sort of like what I mean uh, on the whole is that a lot of people are doing that, that they're just sort of saying like, no, I just want to focus on God and I just want to focus on love. And I just and that's fine. Of course, love is my my central practice. It's what I believe God really is or the goddess or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. I love love. It's it's kick ass. That's where we all want to go. That's what we all want to feel. But we can't dismiss the process. We can't dismiss the literal fundamental nature of this earth, which is polarity. We can't just dismiss like a whole, it's like a whole side. It's like Sia's hair, you know, like you, she's got both sides. You get, you have to have both of those. Sia's problematic right now on, for the record, but her (laughs) hair is fine for this. It, you, you, I really do think you need the, the, both and when you go too far one way strangely enough it almost makes a loop to negativity Mm. because the whole and you can talk to any buddhist any you know any christian who truly practices christianity like the mysticisms of each of each of the major religions and they'll say to you 
everything is about balance. It's about balance between the two. Um, and if you go too far into the light, you're going to loop back down to something that's negative for you. And if you go too far down the dark, that one's a little more obvious, but you're obviously going to go to something bajiggity. So I just think um, a lot of people right now, they're talking about this shadow work. And I think it's really important that people don't skip that part of the process because it's an important part of your development, especially if you're a practitioner, mm -hmm. of, you know, an energy worker, or that kind of practitioner. Right. Yeah. No, I would totally 100% agree with you. And I've had uh, an opportunity and a couple of experiences where I traveled to another dimension and I saw, um, I guess you would say, another planet where it was all peace and light, love and light. But there was no contrast and there wasn't a whole lot of learning. It was just like this even keel um, planet. And it, and it was great and it was nice to be there. But there wasn't there wasn't much evolution like that's all that there was and mm -hmm. you know and I think you bring up a great point I talk about it all the time about earth is this training ground to learn and we do learn through the duality of it you know through some of those hard times and um, you know the trauma can also teach us the health issues can teach us as well it's like if you're just all love and light on earth you're kind of missing the whole purpose of why you incarnated here you know or not wanting to see it it's like we also need to embrace um the other stuff that comes up but you're right i mean fundamentally yeah like love is where it's at that's where we all want to be but yeah and i think we know that's our well not everybody consciously knows, and I don't always consciously know, but I think somewhere we know that's like where we come from, that we come from love, that we come from, because love, if you really dissect that is just like this, this unity that we really are all connected and we're part of something that we'll never understand, like not, not fully. And right. so, yeah, of course we, we recognize that and we know that in between lives, we probably go to somewhere similar to that planet that you, that you mentioned where it's mm -hmm. real chill and we get to calm down for a second. Yeah. But that at the end of the day, if we wanted to just be that, then we would have we would still be the void prior to manifestation to form. We would mm -hmm. still be the void. We didn't want to be the void. You know, the royal, the royal, royal we did not want to be the void anymore. It wanted right. to experience. And so as much as I think, God, my life is so fucking annoying sometimes. <laughs> I wanted to experience this. I wanted to grow. I wanted to evolve. Right. Great point. Well, Fen, this was so awesome. I loved our conversation today. It was very refreshing. I hope everyone loved you as much as I did here. <laughs> um, and I hope everyone follows the podcast. It's like, don't worry, guys. I won't feel like you're cheating on me if you decide to <laughs> download and listen to another podcast. That's perfectly fine. So let people know, again, the name of your podcast, where they can find you, um, your Patreon account and anything else that you'd like to share with them. And I'm sure you're also looking for stories too. So. Yeah, absolutely. So my podcast is called Follow the Woo. And like I said before, it, it, it covers everything from Buddhist meditation to the weirdest UFO and Bigfoot experiences you may have had or somebody that you know has had. Um, so you can check out my podcast, like everywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, you can also go to my website, which is followthewoo.com. Um, my Patreon is patreon.com slash follow the woo. It's, it's all follow the woo. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. And, uh, if you do have a story that you, especially if you're afraid to share it, those are my favorite. You know, I, I, I can also make sure you're anonymous if you want to remain anonymous, but if you have a story that's been itching at you and you want to get it out, you can email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. And I will probably be up your butt trying to find like every detail of the story and, and hopefully making you feel safe and heard and, um, you know, like that you have a space to share that. So. Awesome. Thank you, Fen. And again, I highly recommend this podcast. I've been listening to it as I'm driving to my office. I have a new long commute. Um, the production is great, people. And she asks amazing questions. So I really think that this is a high-class podcast uh, that you'll really enjoy. Rate it, review it, um, whatever you can do to help them out. You can also rate and review ours too. That would help us. Yeah. Um, and we are on TikTok, by the way. We just started an account. I feel way too old to have a TikTok account. <laughs> Me too. 
asking my best friend's son, like, can you help me? And how do I find the cooler music? Like, you know, I'm just, I'm a novice at it. So people, if you want to find us on TikTok, you can, but just don't judge my, these early videos here. Cause I'm still practicing, <laughs> but it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is, I love talking about this stuff. So it, me it's too. such a delight and you have a really great energy and um, I, I look forward to having you on my podcast. So. Yes, I can't wait. Thank you everyone again for listening. And remember, if you'd like to actually watch us have this conversation, if you're somebody that needs to see us instead of just listen, go to path11tv.com. We have all of the video podcasts there for free, um, or you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. So thanks everyone. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path11tv.com to start a seven-day free trial and start streaming over 100 hours of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com and be sure to use coupon code podcast30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Path 11 TV today. Bye for now.